you to bless Charlie. I know he's ready. You got a mic, Charlie? All right. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Morning, saints. Story is told of this woman who kept asking her husband to go to church, and he kept refusing. And he finally got tired of her. She asked him one Friday to go to church Sunday. He said, okay, I'll go. Come Saturday, him and his buddies was playing cards. They stayed up kind of late. Then he got caught up in a TV program. And uh, he kind of forgot about going to church Sunday morning. His wife got up, got ready, woke him up, said, you said you was coming to church with me. And he was still groggy, but he went to church with her. The preacher was up there and he was preaching and he had a monotone voice that wasn't like mine. And he, the preacher noticed that this guy was kind of dozing off. He thought in his mind, he said, I'm going to get this guy. So he said, uh, everybody that's going to heaven, raise their hands. And the guy's going to sleep. People raised their hands. And then he said, everybody that's going to hell, stand up! <laughs> and the guy jumped. <laughs> Don't go to sleep. <laughs> Who knows? I got some things that I wrote down because somebody at my age, you got to have help sometimes. You didn't have to agree. <laughs> I want to thank Jeff for stealing half of my sermon this morning at Sunday school. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> You need to come to Sunday school, folks. That's where we learn things. I won't say anything beyond that. Praise the Lord. What did God do when He began this planet? He created the planet, right? Then what happened? Huh? In the garden, he made a place in the Middle East called uh, what? The garden. Very good. (laughs) See, I told you you learned something coming to church. He planted a garden. What was that garden? What was it? It was God's kingdom on this earth. And I want to share, because I ain't going to have enough time to do this, all this that I wanted to do. He planted his kingdom in that garden. And he made man. You know, he actually formed man with his hands. He spoke the animals into existence. But he had a a personal uh, touch. 
when He created man. By the way, He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Then, He was going to put, He was going to make Eve out of Adam's rib, right? So He had a little conversation with Adam before He decided to take the rib out of Adam's side. And the conversation probably went like something like this. I know it's not in the Bible, so you don't have to look it up. But he told Adam, Adam, I'm going to put you to sleep. Adam didn't know what sleep was. He had eternal life in him. Do you ever ever think about that? There was a tree of life in that, in that garden. And any time he got weary or tired, he would go to that tree of life and refresh himself. But God said, I'm going to put you to sleep and wait till you see what I got a present for you for. And in most cases, that's true, right, Mike? You didn't dare say no. (laughs) That garden was God's kingdom on this earth. And you know that they lost, uh, Adam and Eve lost uh, the authority that they had. And they were taken out of the Garden of Eden, out of God's kingdom. We're getting somewhere. God had three purposes in sending Jesus to this earth. Anybody got any idea? That was the first one. What was the second one? Pardon? Well, that's a sidebar. Anybody? He came to establish His kingdom on this earth. That's why He made the garden to give men the authority in His kingdom because at that point, Adam and Eve was holy. And they was righteous. And they had fellowship and a relationship with God. But they lost that fellowship when they went out of the garden. So the second reason was that God was reestablishing His kingdom on this earth. How was He going to do that? With us. With His people. To restore what was stolen and, and, and people was cheated out of. And the enemy had taken over this world. So he came to reestablish his kingdom through his church. 
And we have the authority of the Word of God and the power of the Spirit to take back what the enemy stole from us. Back in 19, late uh, 1970s, early 80s, some of you that are old enough can remember when we was told you need to compromise. Anybody that old beside me? No. People go to hell for lying, Jeff. church was supposed to compromise. I'm telling you now, God is tired of compromise. Too long we let everything go and look at the way the world is today. Because we moved the goalposts, the old landmarks. Right, Linton? God's kingdom is made up of his people. And he wants us to stand up in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There was a young girl at Brad's house Tuesday evening. (laughs) They got filled with the power of God. The Holy Spirit come in that place. And she hasn't been saved too long, was she? She hadn't been saved too long, right? She was a young girl, 15, right? 16. And the power of God come in there, come into that house and fill this girl with the power of the Holy Spirit. And her and Logan was sitting out there on the porch. That girl had me crying. She was so full of joy. And she was laughing and smiling and tears were coming down her face at the same time. And when I was leaving, they was out there on the porch talking. Logan and, uh, yeah, her. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> I walked down the porch and, I, and the Lord said, turn around and talk to them. I turned around. You know God wants to talk to you. Not just here. He wants to talk to you every day. I turned around and I went back to the porch and I looked at her and I said, God has given you power over all the power of the enemy. Matthew 10, 1. I give you power. Who was he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. When you become a Christian, when you become saved, when you've repented of your sins, they're forgiven. And at that point, The Bible says that we have authority over all the power of the enemy. We don't have to live in fear. That's a favorite tool of the enemy. What's going to happen if this happens and you do what you want to do? 
You know something? I'm 81 years old. <laughs> I was down to Florida a few weeks ago. <laughs> this old man was up in the air 250 feet, swinging in the wind. And his name was Charlie. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that's 81 in here, right? Then I rented a, a jet ski. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you talk about fun. I was going up this river about 40 miles an hour on that jet ski. No helmet. You, you don't wear helmets. And then I'm going up this river, and they had a sign in the middle of the river. No wake zone. This boat was coming this other way, the opposite way that I was going. And he wasn't paying any attention to that sign. He was ignorant of that sign, just like I was. And that, after he passed me, I hit that first wave, and I went up off the seat. And I'm hanging on by the bars on this thing. You think that's funny? Wait. <laughs> that, that jet ski come down and hit that second wave and started up when I was coming down. <laughs> that splash blinded me. I couldn't see where I was going, so I decided to go straight as I was going. Water, that seawater, splashed up in my face, blinded me. I swallowed uh, a gallon of seawater, and I cleaned my sinuses out. <laughs> now, if you've got a problem with your sinuses, I've got a suggestion for you. <laughs> but before I did that stuff, this voice pops in my head and said, what's going to happen? You get up there 250 feet in the air, and that thing fails. I said, well, hallelujah. <laughs> the enemy wants to keep you from living. He wants to put you in your own little box, in your own little world. But what is inside us? Did you know that the kingdom of God is within you? What is the kingdom of God? It's love, it's joy, it's peace. When I put that harness on to go up behind that boat, I had peace because I wasn't afraid. And if I was uh, fish food, that's fine. I could settle for that because the kingdom of God was in me. And I wouldn't let the devil destroy the pleasure that God had for me. And we tend to do that, don't we? We're talking about the kingdom of God here. The second reason, the, the third reason that God came was what? To destroy the works of the enemy. 
Turn over to 1 John. We'll make this official. Third John 3, first, yeah, First John 3, verse 8, eight not 8-8, eight, eight, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son, Father, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He showed up on this planet. He manifested Himself to humanity. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the enemy. And that means in every area of our lives, folks, That means every area of our lives. He came to destroy what the enemy has done. Jesus also came to do the will of the Father. He said so. When he was in the garden, didn't he say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And right now, God's will is not being totally done on this earth. But it's going to happen one day. It's his kingdom that's going to change this world and we have to use what God has given us to take back what the enemy has stolen. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but to kill. That's his ultimate aim, is to kill you and to carry you to hell and to steal and destroy. And everything that devil touches, he destroys. He brings it to ruin. Including, including our children. And most of us either ignore it. Or we don't do or say anything about it. And meanwhile, these, these kids... Their lives are being ruined. God's kingdom needs to come. Folks, we have authority and power to do things about it. We got to take back our educational system. Apply to be on the school board so you can voice the truth. God set us free from our sins. 
And he's given us new life. Anybody new here? We are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. But we don't act like it. And we let the devil just run rampant. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. Hallelujah. I can't help it. Because I see nothing but tragedy ahead of people don't don't hear the gospel, don't see the gospel. I was working in a federal prison down there in Honduras for 12 years. And I shared with Brad what's happened. We had Bible studies on Monday mornings. And I went to this section of that prison down there with the MS-13 gang. The leader of that, one of the leaders of that section of that prison has MS-13 tattooed across the front of his head. He joined that gang when he was 13 years old. One of the requirements to join that gang was you had to kill somebody. And it didn't matter who it was. And I was working with Saul and his bodyguard. It's pretty bad when you're a criminal like that and you've got to have bodyguards to help to protect you from your own gang. That's pretty sad. Anyway, Saul Saul sent me a a video a couple weeks ago, and they kicked him out of prison. (laughs) He got saved. He's preaching. (laughs) He's preaching in a church in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. He sent me at 3 o'clock this morning, he called me on WhatsApp. And they was just getting out of church. 3 o'clock in the morning. Think we ought to have a revival here? (laughs) Would you show up and stay till 3 o'clock in the morning? No, (laughs) I'm not going to say your name. (laughs) The kingdom of God came into that man's mind and his spirit and his soul. And he's preaching the gospel through that whole city. He wants to see the kingdom of God Come to that corrupt nation. 
And they're probably not as corrupt as ours is either, if you want to know the truth about it. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Turn to Daniel. Let's go to... Chapter 3. Old Nebuchadnezzar, he was so full of pride, he decided he was going to build a, a golden statue of himself. That statue was 90 foot tall, by the way. And everybody was supposed to bow to this thing. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to bow. And the king says, I'm going to throw you into a furnace of fire. <laughs> they said, we don't even have to have a conference about this. We're not, we're not bowing. We bow, don't we? We bow to pressure. There was a company up in Wisconsin that said, if you don't get this chip in your hand, you're fired. And there was a lot of people that had that chip, and they gave the people that had got that chip a T-shirt, I've been chipped. Revelations says that this is, that if you don't get this chip in your forehead or on your on your hand, you're not going to buy, you're not going to sell anything. It's coming, folks. It's coming. So listen to this. In verse 17, If it be so, our God whom we serve, say it. Our God... Say it. Our God, whom we serve, <laughs> is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Some of you are in a fiery furnace of trials and temptations and wrong. You're in a valley of decision. Then in verse 18 it says, But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So the king got enraged. And he, took, he told these people to pick these guys up and throw them into the furnace. 
Wouldn't you love to have been there? Verse 24 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the former, the fourth, is like the Son of God. He had an epiphany, folks. He got caught up with Jesus. Jesus presented himself to that king. How did he know what Jesus looked like? He said, the Son of God. Who's the Son of God? It's Jesus. Somebody told him. Somebody had a vision in their dream. Or a vision in the midday. But he said himself. (laughs) Didn't we throw three men in there? Lo, I see four, and the fourth one is like unto the Son of Man, the Son of God. I'm telling you something, God is in the midst of your trials. And He's right there beside you. He was right beside those three men. And they was having a party. I'll bet I would too, wouldn't you? (laughs) Look what it says down down in verse 27. And the princes, the governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power. The enemy has no power over you. If you're a child of God, if you've been saved, you've got power over all the power of the enemy. But we don't believe it because I just got saved. (laughs) Young lady, I prophesied to you just here just a little bit ago. You got power over all the power of the enemy right now. You just have to stand up for it, sis. Don't be afraid what your friends are going to think or what they're going to say. It doesn't matter. You don't have to answer to them. Lord Jesus. Nor was a hair of their head singed, if you had hair. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar made a a decree in verse 29. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language would speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. And their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver like this. 
There's no other God that can deliver us except the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and our God. In 4 verse 3 it says, How great are His signs! How mighty are His wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His, there's no end to His kingdom. From everlasting to everlasting, if there is such a thing, He is God. Is He your God? That's the question. Is He your God? Or do you have other little gods that, can, that could deliver like this? Hallelujah. If you go over to chapter 4, verse 17. This is when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream about a tree. And Daniel interpreted that. And then he says to King Nebuchadnezzar, This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. God's kingdom is ruling in our hearts, in our lives, or should be, it should be, should be. There's a kingdom, there's a king. That the most that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. Boy, is that a prophecy for today? Father. Verse 25 says, And that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee, meet, they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times, that's seven years, and seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Lord Jesus, I ain't going to be able to finish this. Verse 34 says, And at the end of days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, 
and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stop or stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Lord Jesus, this heathen king came to recognize the Most High God when he came to his senses, when he got his mind back. You know, if you're not in Christ, you don't have a right mind. If you're not in Christ, you don't have a right mind. You have a defect. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and what? The perfect will of God. Are you in his kingdom? Do you act like it? (laughs) You know, people can say anything they want, but their actions tells you something different sometimes. Are you in his kingdom? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you have a relationship? Brad, we we was praying for that girl Thursday night. (laughs) God heard. God heard, who, where's that woman that had that dog? You. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> they prayed, and God heard. And he brought an answer. He not, he's not a deaf God. He hears us. Even when you whisper, he hears you. Glory to God. Let's bring the kingdom of God in this, in this place, in your home. What's the kingdom of God? Love, joy, and peace. Is there love, joy, and peace in your home? Is it in your heart? When things are going to the trash bin around you in your life, Is there love, joy, and peace? Glory to God. Let's stand, folks. I want to see God's kingdom in our lives in this place. I want to see the miraculous. I want to see the power of God manifested in you. God's for you, sis whether you know it or not. (laughs) He's your guard. He's your protector. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, girl. Don't bow your knee to the pressure because you're going to face it. I don't know if you're saved or not. Only you do. Only you know what, what, what's in your heart, what your goals, what your ambitions is. 
But God's got a better destiny for you than you can dream of. And if you're not a part of the kingdom of God, you need to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart and into your life and to be Lord, to be Lord of all, of all. This half-stepping with God ain't going to work no more. He wants your whole heart. He doesn't want half of it. We've run over time, but that's okay. God is a God of the time. Your steak is going to taste better than it did if you'd left here at 12. If you're not a Christian, you raise your hand. We want to pray with you. We want to see you become a whole new creature. We want to see the the love of God manifested in your life. That you might be a living, walking testimony of His greatness and His power. We'll be hanging around here for a little bit to pray for you or with you if you if you so desire. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up this congregation before you, Lord. We lift them up before your throne of grace, and we ask, Lord God, that you lavishly pour out your mercy on us. Forgive us, Lord, of anything we've done or said that does not reflect the, the, the character and life of Jesus Christ. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you for hearing us. Thank you for responding. We love you and we praise you and we exalt you, O God, for you're God of all. And there's no end to your kingdom and that's where we are going when we leave this planet. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace that you have so liberally bestowed upon us. We thank you for who you are and the destiny that you prepared for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Ma'am.